Connors T, this is Surika jumping in quickly with a couple of quick announcements. We are running our very first retreat in collaboration with House of Legends and some other wonderful storytellers and musicians and creative people. This is going to be running from the 10th to the 13th of August 2023 in the wilds of High Hilled Alban, today known as Scotland. Uh, there are very few places still left available, so you can follow the link in the show notes to grab yourself a spot. We have a live show coming up in Whelan's Dublin on Sunday the 20th of August. You can find tickets on our website through the link in the show notes. And if you are listening to this in the future after that date, you can still follow that link to find out what shows are currently coming up. Hope to see you there. And now, back to the regular podcast. Connie how are you? Welcome back to the Candlelit Tales podcast where we are chatting about stories again. You can support us if you want to at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales, but you don't have to. You can like and you can comment and you can subscribe as well, which are also very helpful and share these with friends. And we are back in the studio with a very special guest. I'm here with my brother Aaron, as always. And we're very excited to be continuing our discussion about storytelling, Irish mythology, folklore and everything in between with the author of the Thon, Alan Titley from Cork. And <laughs> oh, we've got to get that in there. Last episode, we talked about all the backgrounds of the oral tradition and Alan's amazing background in stories as well. And we're going to focus in on the fact that you've written a version of the Thon, Alan, and it's interesting that you've st- you've done this because, well, what I find it interesting, we started telling the Thon as the first story. We tried to conquer, if there's ever such a thing as that, with this immense, massive story that it is, and getting it down to a small, light book of a mere 170 five four pages is uh, <laughs> is quite a task considering the amount that is in it and how many stories and how many kind of uh, tangents it goes on Alan can you tell us a little bit about how you managed to condense this book into the way you did it Okay, now the first thing is, I'm going to correct you if I can. I'm Please, not the course. author of this. I'm ah, simply yes, the, sorry. I'm, I, I am the reteller of it. <laughs> yeah. One of hundreds of retellers of the time, <laughs> over a thousand or maybe maybe two thousand years, who knows? So I'm coming at the end, but hopefully not the very end, of <laughs> the line not. of tellers of, this, of the story. Um, good correction, good correction. The, the, the big thing was, I said, yes, I um, as I was saying in a previous podcast, uh, I knew the story from both being in school, from here told from the stories about Cúchulainn, from having studied the original Old Irish version and having read the other ones along the way and then when I was asked to do this um, and I kind of hesitated first, it's it's nice to be asked to do something nonetheless, you know, it's, it's kind of, and it's unusual for an author to be asked to do something, so I kind of said well I'm privileged to be part of this long tradition in a, a different sense because um, I jokingly say very often, um, you know Ireland sometimes we don't uh, think we're very good we're not very proud of many things apart from having won the universe Eurovision Song Contest more than anybody else <laughs> and we'll skip that one yeah, but yeah. we do have the longest and broken vernacular literature in Western Europe wow. and there is something hugely important that we have a fantastic yeah. literature and a time is one of those that's coming at the very beginning mm. or as close to the beginning as you can possibly tell mm. so in that sense you know if we can tell a story that is probably set around the time of Christ you know which is 2000 years old and mm-hmm. it is possible that the original version whoever did it 
wherever it was done, whoever that person was, it is possible that that was done around that time. Although, of course, it is common for stories to be pitched in the past tense anyway, and it's always yes. kind of easier to tell the story in the past tense. But it may, whenever it was told, it wasn't that far back. It was kind of in, in, in you know, you could almost reach out and touch it, even if it was a couple of hundred years. So how did I manage to do it? Um, I read the versions and reread the versions, so I had a good idea uh, of what it was. I made a rough sketch on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. like smallish piece of paper, of what the main events were, because it was important to get the guts, the bones, the spine of the story. Yes. Like which you is describe that as like when you're t- telling yeah. it to younger people, you need to know yourself the very through line, the arc or the that's, spine that's of the story. Yeah. That's what it was. And of course, in the in the um. Original, and of course when we say the original, there isn't an original. Yeah. Anyway, in one of the ones that may be perhaps deemed perhaps, oh, perhaps to be uh, perhaps an early version, caveat, perhaps maybe in caveat, uh, might be related in some way oh, to God. an original version. Okay. Yourself, if we're, if we're going to take one, one of those ones, um, there are a whole lot of extraneous bits and add-on bits and yes. bits that are chopped off and bits that are you know, hanging off it and so on. And therefore, whoever was putting it together, and uh, storytellers in Irish traditions we know were free to do what they liked up to a point. Yeah. You know, if you were telling the story, you could tell an entirely different version of the time, you know. Maybe Alil instead of Maeve might be the one to, to inst- instigate a row about two cows, you know, although the bulls are, I suppose, fairly important. Yeah, I, think, I think you got to have the bulls. We need, it, we, need, yeah. we need the bulls. All right, we, so the bulls were important. Alil and Maeve were important. Cuchulain was important. And I suppose the great battle between himself and Ferdia and then the very end, they were all important. And right. maybe um, the the row when the 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 men of Connacht go to Ulster and claim that they only want to borrow the bull, but they'd have taken the bull anyway. Yeah. And they're kind of they're the, the main bits of it. So yeah. then once you write that down, so on the one hand, I I kind of would make a sketch or made a sketch of who they were, and then maybe the characters as well. And it was the only time I really had to kind of go back over things were when there were some difficult bits, and I'd mm. kind of read read bits as well, like when Cuchulain does his war spasm, which we'll come to in a few minutes. Um, that would be one, uh, and also people's names because uh, you know the names. And they come in different shapes and come in different forms in the different versions as well. Yeah. So are you going to use the old Irish version? Are you going to use the modern Irish version? Are you going to use some version in between? I mean, Maeve, for example, in old Irish is spelled M-E-D-B. And mm-hmm. in more modern words, M-E-D-B-H, mm-hmm. which is even more complicated. Now, if you're going to put M-E-D-B-H into a novel or into a story for foreign readers, you know, they have Medba. enough to, they have enough difficulties. Medba. Yeah, Medivh, Medivh. Yep. Medivh, yeah. the one who intoxicates by mead. Yeah. That's oh, what it means. That by, what it mead. by mead. Oh, it's associated with the word mead. mead. At least that's what they say. I, I knew the intoxicating. I yeah, yeah by, was, mead, the because, mead, because mead was one of the only few alcoholic drinks that they had. Mm. I mean, whiskey only came in the 15th century and wine would only have been imported mm. most yeah. of the time. And beer they would have made all right. But mead was the one because uh, bees were very important. So, see, you're going off on a tangent about Maeve already. You see, that. Don't worry about that. No, no, don't you worry about that. We're, we're focusing <laughs> maybe, on... Maybe, maybe, maybe some, maybe some when we so, say we're going to focus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, okay, so the the difficulty and like we, you know, there's the 10 minute ton in terms of like our experience of yeah. telling... Yeah. We, we, have the, to, we have told it in 10 minutes. Okay. If you have to. No, uh, that's... 
a fast story. So there weren't too many people killed in there's, your version of the There were a lot, but you, none of them were named. Oh, <laughs> you don't name, did you leave the names out of that one? Oh, okay. There's the hour-long version, which is a live retelling, which is one, again, and there's the one you tell over five nights or well, this five, was the, five this months. Well, this was our, our inaugural Candlelit Tales experience I was telling yeah. you about yeah. where we did, we had five nights between, five weeks five between weeks. when we decided mm. to start on Christmas season. Yeah. And we told uh, a part of the tawn every every night oh. for those five nights. And that was where, you yeah. know, this started as, yeah. as Candlelit Tales started. Uh, and then there's also, I mean, we have come back to it a few times yeah. on the podcast. And during lockdown, took our time with doing a much more involved mm. version of it. We've come, come back, back to Lady to Gregory version. Lady Gregory know. version. We've gone back to the Kinsler version. We've also kind of we've taken uh, kind of slants at it where we, we've just taken different characters and they're like, you know, moments of, of the battle rage coming on them in different ways. You know, we've we've kind of played with this a lot. Because there's a lot, of, there, there seems to be a lot of, yeah, license to do that. Even just like expanding the boys' troop was one of the, you know. That was one of the shows that we did. That yeah. was one of the more traumatising shows. One of the more traumatising shows. just took, made a show around the boys' troop. You yeah. know, that, that, that <laughs> time right after Ku Cullen yeah. has fought Ferdia yeah. and suddenly you have this kind of like heroic but yeah. devastatingly tragic filling in between the gaps yeah. of, of Con, uh, yeah. Con Regards. Did, did you Son. kill a dog which uh, you didn't play for? You played hurling. Richard's. We've killed plenty dogs. <laughs> a kill a lot of dogs. Very long. The way, yeah, Kill a lot of dogs and a lot poor, of children. Poor, yeah. poor old Cullen and the big old beast, sorry, oh, along, along the way. Yeah, but anyway, the, the dogs I like dogs. We yes. have a dog, my daughter's a dog. We don't like to talk about like the death of dogs, dogs. Like killing dogs too often. We unless you're in, unless you're in China, we did meet a beautiful wolf. <laughs> but they're scary, they're big. But what, what big, you're saying, big, though, big. really, is that of course it's a story that is giving endlessly. Mm. Yes, you can do all kinds of things, you which obviously. The storytellers did over the centuries that yeah. they were adding in and I remember a great quote by um, the English author Somerset Maugham and he was talking about writing stories I think it's true of telling stories as well where he said you know if you're a writer um, you can tell a story for a magazine in 3,000 words and the same story you can tell it in 10,000 words when you're putting it into a book yeah. mm-hmm. if you're a writer that's what you do and a bit like the guy I was referring to in the last podcast the, the Yugoslavian or Serbian to- storyteller that mm-hmm. you know give me four words and I will tell a story mm. story that's what they do and you expand it and if you were ever I remember you know the old cliche about um, Oscar Wilde about labouring all morning putting in a comment all afternoon because that's rubbish that's not what you do if you write and I've written plays for radio and you have 27 minutes mm-hmm. so yeah. the, the, the producer will say to you get rid of that you have to cut 5 minutes out of it you have to cut 7 yeah. minutes out of it mm-hmm. and you have to do it and it has to work so I was given this was a, a, a young person version of the time therefore I had to imagine that was only going to be 170, 180 pages long. I, I mean, it was, you know, you could add it a bit more, but this is the kind of length of the book that uh, yeah. the odds we had. And then once I had worked out what the main people were and what the main events were, it was a matter of writing it. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of kind of getting the style, which is always yes. a difficult one. I guess that was my, ne- my next but, point. I mean, like the whatever about, you know, cutting out the extraneous characters and, you know, because there's so many there. That's really the There's weeding. a lot of trimming and a lot, a lot of, of reading. And then you have, to, you have to choose your angle, you know, mm-hmm. which is which you started with Queen Maeve and starting with that angle and kind of keeping that perspective, which is, a very kind of tactful one, really, because you get to kind of tell the story from that like point of view with everything else happening and 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 the bull ride. 
and then there's the style and I suppose yeah. there's and a I very think there's a there's a there's an interesting thing as well of, of the voice because mm. I, I find yeah. when when writing that sometimes you have a different voice for a different project like sometimes the voice mm-hmm. that you have in one play is a different voice than you have in a different play depending on the the you know there's a there's a kind of a little bit of um shape-shifting involved when you're writing oh, yeah. you know you come oh, up yeah. with a different style for oh, different yeah, things oh you have to I mean you know if you set out to write a funny story mm. which I've done occasionally you kind of get into a funny mood if you if you want you to write you couldn't imagine it <laughs> <laughs> if you get into a you know a, a, a cross one or, or a kind of an angry one you can you're kind of using different words deliberately so mm-hmm. the, one of the problems with the toying is that it has a whole lot of different styles yeah and I yeah. think it is a whole lot of different styles because different people were adding their own goblets to it as as, yeah. they, as they were going along, and but the style is, for example, a lot of the speech is clipped. It's like a, a detective novel. It's kind of two people asking questions and mm. giving answers. Do, 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 do. It's like a play. It's going, yeah. you know, it, and yes. and then you come to a piece that is descriptive, mm. and then you come to another sort of one that where it's kind of an internal monologue or somebody's telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these styles are there, and you kind of have to get them in, but not make them so. On the one hand, so strange and exotic that you lose a reader on the other hand you want to keep some of that exoticness there to attract them yes. and I, I was very conscious that there's a thing about uh, children's literature that you shouldn't use what um, Paddy Crosby of the school around the corner fame this gives my age away mm-hmm. see, he was a, this was a radio program way what he used to call the hard words when he'd ask the kids uh, it was a, it was a lovely program where kids were just interviewed and yes. he had a lovely way with them and uh, one of them and they were fun bits and he'd get them to tell a funny story right. and some of them were really funny and some of them uh, it was a live program some of them they had to cut out <laughs> when there was a repeat and I won't repeat what some of them those were yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, but he one of them was what's a hard today's hard words he was a dub himself and he would give a hard word like um, palias what is a palias hoping you know it's a, it's a kind of mattress but somebody would say a friendly donkey you see they get a great laugh and kids loved it you know what's a blunderbuss you know and, and kids would and they might know what it is but they would come up with something they along the way it's, it's, and, it's and, inviting and yeah. kids I think especially readers they like words yes. and they like made up words and they, they like funny names of people and I mean whether you're telling a story or writing a story so I was conscious not to dumb it down to the extent that it would be you know it would be at the level of a Daily Mail reader you mm. know it would, it would be something a little bit more complicated because there are bits that are difficult and you have to make sure that um, a reader and I think readers like playing around with it and will, will take that once you keep the story going but you don't that's want the thing the story feed. like you no. don't need to like you, you don't I think people often like mistake like yeah. uh, children's theatre for the fact that it's it's overly simplistic and you're literally giving the giving all the information you're not you're you're not expecting them to jump into that kind of that yeah. almost uh, narrative kind of role that you take on yourself when you're putting the, the story together and you're asking questions you're, you're not expecting them to be an active reader yeah you're expecting yeah. a certain passivity from kids a lot of the time, and I yeah. think that's. I think it's 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 often unfair. I think. I think it's unfair. We underestimate the we audience, underestimate them. especially yeah, yeah. kids who are readers. That's oh, the yeah. thing. and kids who readers are special because they people keep saying they're a minority within a minority, and maybe they are, but I don't. I don't believe necessarily so. And one of the other interesting things is, in the end, going off on a tangent, go into a bookshop, and you will find um, on a Saturday morning, you will find a kids' section full 
of yeah. parents buying books for their kids and the kids are there but you won't find the parents buying the books for themselves very often yeah. you know? so, but that's a, that's a cynical take on it but anyway that's what <laughs> I did and that's how I wrote it and that's how it came out so well, I'm not sure the, la- the language in is, is quite uh, in, in the dialogue anyway yeah. bits is quite modern like it's not you're, you're not yeah. you're, you don't go into the, the seven folded cloak you know with the cloak with uh, the brooch at the throat, yeah, 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 without getting into the, the oh, my husband, and uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like a translation. It sounds, yeah, it sounds yeah. I, I mean, the thing about, I suppose, that the nineteenth-century the novel, which we often think is a kind of a touchstone of certain kinds of writing, they had to describe things in minute detail because you didn't have film, you didn't have cameras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, reading a novel, a lot of that stuff is gone. Because un- unless the writer deliberately sets out to write luscious language, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. which is which is fair, you can do that if you want to. But in this case, there's enough action in it for the story to keep it going, yes. so and much. it's one after the other, the other. The problem was that so much of it is repetitious. There's a chunk yes. in the middle of the time where Cuchulain is battling these warriors, and you know they're going to be killed, mm-hmm. and. Jeez, I was feeling sorry for them along there. was another mm-hmm. one getting another one getting, and they all thought we we're going to get him today along the oh, way. Get him. But it was only the, the 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 scheming and the plotting by um by Maven Allen, you know, we'll 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 bribe this one and we'll give the, we'll give them our daughter. You have to be careful about oh, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she was offered she was several times. She was offered several times. She did not, she did not yeah, like her. Yeah. Now that would be another angle, you know, you know. What about her story? Yeah. You know? yeah. What would she think about it? Now, you oh, know, yeah. People didn't think of that. But uh, so there are all did those other do, angles. Did we do an episode? Oshin did it. Oshin did. Oshin yeah. told a Fenivar story. It was fantastic. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's got a very Dublin accent and he's got a very deep voice and he took okay. on the character of Fenivar and it was it was great. Okay. Because yeah. what the story is that she walks into Onigat, she goes to yeah. Morrigan and she she disappears okay. when she finds out how often she's been promised by yeah. her mother. Her, She's been her revenge is to take yeah. herself out of yeah. the equation and go yeah. like, no, yeah. you, you, yeah. you hang on all your broken promises, yeah. there, ma'am. But yeah, because you see, because Maeve is not a very nice person. I love that. She's not a very good. I love that. She's not a very good mother, and I mean, she's a terrible you, you, mother. And Kinsley villainizes her quite easily. I think in, in his version, like I think she becomes the villain of his story a bit too easily because it's like oh evil Maeve when she come in very yeah. and like but again it's it's this yeah. black, not black not white not good not bad somewhere in the middle that all these characters kind of can be yeah. and Maeve is but but really yeah. powerful and strong and ambitious and not necessarily altogether evil but she does she's not a great mother no. that's for yeah. sure but Alan seems to be a bit of a prick I mean, yeah right, he's right, a bit of a prick yeah and yeah. but also he's weaker than her. Yes. He, he, I mean, even though he's um, rouses the army and looking after the army, you get the impression she's making the, the decisions all the time. Yeah. Well, so there and, is and that thing of he's got a bit of a Napoleon syndrome going on where he knows mm. he's he's kind of he knows he's not the one who's in charge here and yeah. he's trying to assert himself all the time. And but he does have a bull. He does have a bull. <laughs> because but she gave it to him. Yeah. <laughs> she gave it to him, which is an interesting yeah, metaphor. Yeah, which is an interesting one. Well, you see, there, it there's is. the other there, one. Here's my masculinity. You yeah, gave yeah, it yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, sh- well, it's, you see, it, if you want to do all kinds of deep Freudian crap, you could, you could dig a lot absolutely. in that. That may be there. I, I have little enough time for that kind of psychology myself, but I, that's that's beside that, that is beside me. That is someone else's job. job. I'm not sure how much of it is true. Anyway, oh, but sure. it's interesting that that Maeve as a queen has the same status as Alan yes. because in old Irish law and there's a lot of interesting things in old Irish law um, when people got married this is anybody got married they brought their 
their riches such as they were with them and they maintained them. In other words, yeah. the wife didn't give them over to the husband that the way that happened much later. Yeah. Therefore, that beginning of it is a reflection of the old Brehan laws because both of them owned the stuff that they brought to the marriage, no matter yes. what it was. And there were a whole lot of laws which, you know, early Catholic Ireland would not have supported. For example, you had divorce, yeah. you had, um, which was maybe reasonably easy, but there were all kinds of punishments. And a, a woman could... Um, divorce a man for all kinds of reasons one of them was if he was too fat to do the deed so to speak along <laughs> the way another one was if he, he could hit her but not if she left a blemish you know so he oh, had to be very wow. careful you had to be very he careful could hit her, her. but he couldn't mark her he couldn't mark her yeah yeah so to be and then there were all kinds of other sort of things that when you divorced you took the stuff that you'd brought to the marriage you could take that away with you as well yeah. So, you know, there were a lot of things that were quite... So in that sense, yeah, th there is a society being shown here which yes. at least reflects, to some extent, what we know of the society yeah. that was there. We can't say it's exact and it's precise because, again, um, there's a big debate about the Breton laws, how many of them were really mm -hmm. pre-Christian, how many of them borrowed stuff from Latin, and there's a big debate over that as well. And I've no doubt that they borrowed some of them there, but mm. a lot of them did, did stay with what was the rule behind that. But women... Powerful women were powerful, but there weren't that many of them there. Yeah. But then right. you have you have your Deirdre and you have you others. I mean, Deirdre's very powerful in the Finn stories, a Finn yeah. cycle as well. You know. And yeah. But that's more as a as a as a temptress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even she is very kind of dominant when she takes over with Deermoid, and also she kind of uh, has, has the uh, and Groinia, and they have the hex on on Finn McCool as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So no, there's definitely there's definitely powerful women. My, my question with Mabel is is she one of the the godlike people in in the background of these stories as she kind of comes up in versions of 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 Og, a, I certainly uh, have a book that asserts that she is a real she's a, she's based on a historical that there was a historical queen Maeve in Connacht whose father was he was one of the he was one of the continental Celts who was who was educated in Rome and and then be, went out and stirred up rebellions. Yeah. But again, this is going into history and prehistory it is, it and semi-written things. And I am very dubious about yeah. anybody talking <laughs> about prehistory. I mean, I think it's great speculation. It's and great I, it's speculation. It's prehistory. Like, it's before uh, it's we started history. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> even more interesting speculation. I am even more dubious about anything to do with the Celts, but that's right. a separate... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, yes, there were Celtic languages, yes, there were people that uh, the Greeks called Celts, we actually know very little we about them. The Druids are very little about them. Romans a great job, right? It doesn't, it doesn't stop us speculating, and we can. And oh, yeah. it may well be true, and there may well have been the Queen of Connacht called Maeve, and there may not, but in some way it doesn't matter. It doesn't and matter. more than likely, yes, she comes from some kind of a goddess background, as a lot of them did, as they did in Greek mythology yeah. as well, as a lot of the others, as the Morrigan does, you know? Mm. Uh, the Moor Regan, the big queen, that's what a Morrigan is. Mm. It sounds like uh, the Moor Rian. The big Morian. Morian. I've heard, yeah, because it's it's I either Morian or it's Morian, and one is shadow and one is large. And okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, well, it's that's a, what linguists have great fun with, and they they yeah, they've yeah. they've great Who fun knows? over this. They fight wars, you know, in corridors of academia over this kind <laughs> yes. of stuff. You know, they, they don't talk See, to this, another. They don't talk to another. This is where with storytellers, you're like, 
the day that I want her to be big, she's the Maureen. She yeah. And the day that I want her to be shadowy, she's the Maureen. Uh, that's it. That might be the same story. It might be the same story. What is it? Never let the truth get the way a good story, especially when the truth is hotly debated in the corridors of But the other big thing about it is that the very end of it, and again, there's not much of it in this version, but that when the bulls fight, Mm. Which is again interesting, and the the Ulster Bull, uh, the Ulster Bull wins. <laughs> and, uh, although it's more County Lowes, really. Than yeah, it is. Not not quite. Yeah. There are different borders. Different borders there right along the way. Yeah. Uh, and when he struggles back home on his way, and he's dropping his guts, and his guts are falling on the land around the place, and of course uh, the names of places, places were very that. important. And um, at loan, Ohaluin means the loins. Of the, the ford of the loins, the ford. Um, so yes. he, yeah, dro- he drops that, them yeah. there. Loins, that's yeah, where yeah. the loins, the bull. Mm. He drops his he drops his guts in that yeah. loin, basically, and that's where they're probably walking across his guts to cross the river for many years. And a whole lot of places are explained because of that. And, and again, that's old town trail is literally littered with that. And in fact, one of the things they should do. I mean. You know, I, I was listening recently where there's opening for a Yates Trail, which is fine, it's great for Yates and Yates people. But, um, and Yates use mythology as well, sometimes mm. good, sometimes no, bad, no, 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 so suspiciously. We won't go there. We leave them all. They're friends from Sligo listening to this, yeah. we won't go in there. <laughs> but right? um, right? you could well make a big tourist thing. Out of the town as well. Because between Crochen, which is underdeveloped, where maybe yeah, and I mean, it has a cult following, and like every year yeah. we get well, invited we, back to the, the town trail from people from yeah. the town march. And yeah, 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 and yeah. They do the town yeah. march. They, and we they get together and, 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 and do it's more about local communities, but it I think is, it has yeah. it yeah. has great potential yeah. to grow. Yeah. You, you, it if, has, yeah, if one were to to highlight it, it's 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 just that kind of like tapping into the popularity of this story and the fact that maybe. You know, for a long time, it's it's the Irish Iliad in a lot of ways. It's the it's the one that people kind of know a bit about. It's not necessarily the one everyone knows a lot of a lot of. But it, if yeah. if you go digging it at all, you'll come to the town and people will kind of will have yeah. a background yeah. knowledge as soon as they dip their toe in. And it's the first one you kind of come to. It's the first one we I certainly can't. It's the first anyway. one we can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's and you obviously could. I mean, there are other great tales. I love the sure. the, the tale of Sweeney. Um, the Mad Sweeney, who was oh, the King yeah. Mad's a great one. And Seamus yeah, Heaney, yeah. the Red Version, that's again another older, old Irish story. And that's telling you about um, somebody opposing the power of the church, but also it's got to do with the artist being separate from the community. There's mm. all kinds of things going on there. But when you're mentioning the, the Lowth connection and, and the Towing Trail, I mean, GA have the Puck Fada, which is yeah. mm. held in Cooley Mountains. Now, I have an idea that what you could have is a competition for killing dogs with a slitter. You, <laughs> line, up the, you line up these dogs. Line up the targets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you get a prize <laughs> for the one who kills the most dogs. So, I, mean, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong. Now, I'm patenting that idea. Just make sure. <laughs> I mean, I think you can keep it. I think you can keep it. If you okay. see the wolf phones, you're not going to be able to okay. kill them with a slitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... I would love to hear a little bit okay. of this book, uh, if you wouldn't mind reading. You I have, wouldn't. Uh, it's a couple of sections out, and this is uh, the beautiful uh, book that is illustrated by Owen Coveney, Coveney. Coveney. another Corkman, 
Yeah. Uh, just get that in there. Yes, indeed. I know in Coveney, you should say, yeah, he's another Cork man. I, I never met him, but we were in contact by email and he would ask me about elements because he, he was trying to make the, the illustrations, which are brilliant, as close to the time as possible, even though I was saying, look, it doesn't have to be. It's, it's mythology anyway. But I think he did, he did a wonderful job. Of it. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll read the very beginning. Yeah, lovely. Um, First and then maybe one small bit afterwards. And uh, this is the beginning, the row where Alil and Maeve are in bed. It's probably a bed of rushes or somewhere or lying down on a kind of a pallet or something. You know, it wouldn't have been that. And uh, <clears throat> Maeve is the first person to speak, so you have to imagine Maeve and then Alil, then Maeve and Alil. So Maeve says, "Say that again." I said what I said. I dare you say that again," she said. "Forget about it," he said. "No way," she said. You went on a bit about me being lucky to be married to you. And that's true. You're a lucky woman to be married to me. She sat up in her rugs. Anger came out of her nostrils. He wasn't going to get away with this. No way. I was a rich woman before I got hooked up with you. The kings of Ireland had their tongues hanging out, wanting to marry me. Then you came along. Not bad looking. Plenty of stuff to be gone with said nice things, did the deal and we got married. Inwardly, Maeve was raging. She was Queen of Connacht, Alel was her husband, also happened to be king. Sometimes that did not seem to be too important, like now. He had insulted her, big time. He had insinuated that he was richer than her. Kings and queens were equal, that was it. So that's the start. So it gets it gets oh. worse after that. <laughs> First of all, I think you're gonna have to do the audiobook for me. Um, you know, just just for me um, yeah. to read it all out. But, <laughs> but <coughs> I love and I'm very like I love the fact that it's just, you're straight into the story. You're yeah. there's yeah. no there's no kind of building or background or stage setting. It's just you're straight into the conversation. I think that's just gonna like very imaginative. It's very uh, you know. A page, you're already into a page turner and you don't need to know anything about mythology to read this book yeah and of course that's not the beginning in every version of course right? it's no. not so no, you want to get that one and I mean the other one that's not in there about Cuchulain and the dogs that we were talking about and, and the hounds that's a kind of a, a pre-story mm-hmm. uh, but but it still kind so of includes how, the main bit of it so that was so I have two main questions before we yeah, re- re- right. read, read the last bit okay so if you can Answer me this one question. Anyway, I might have a second one. But before we read the end of it, um, can you tell me in your best, most efficient way, what is the pawn about? Because I've asked you a number of times and it's it's hard to pinpoint. And I have my own theory on this. And, you know, it's a kind of a theoretical question. But like, Well, it's a it, choice. Yeah, it's a choice. So what for you in terms of, you know, going through it and writing it and rewriting it and, and all the rest of it, if you had to summarise, what is what the hell is that about? Frank O'Connor, great Cork writer, said once upon a time it was a long, rambling story about two bulls. I'm not inclined to agree with him about that. Okay. I think it is about the big things. It's about jealousy, love, war, heroism, treachery, loyalty, and all those basic things uh, which we live and suffer and endure in all of our lives. But it is done in a different way, uh, seemingly about warfare. It's also about warfare and seemingly about courage. And it's about that as well. And it's about cowardice. So if you take all those big words, I put important words and common words. That's what it's about. Gorgeous. Lovely. Thank you for that. 
I I have to yeah, um, kind of jump in and kind of kind yeah. of or even because for me the the high the heightened emotional state of of the whole thing comes in around the point of of Ferdy and Kukulam, and it it seems it always when we're yeah, doing yeah, it live yeah. that's the biggest thing that everyone cares about. That's kind of the heart of it. Bond brothers, and again, it, it has all of that human emotion, that connection, that tragedy, yeah. tragedy that loss, and ultimately. You know what is it all good for? Because so many people die, and it's a kind of an anti-war. Yeah, story we've always religion. we've often said this is the this is the war. Yeah, but there's actually good God, a, y'all. What I, is it good I was for? actually asked um, by the publishers. Well, you know, it ends very suddenly, and it does in its own way. Put in a little bit towards the end of Cuchulain's reflections. Mm. So there's a little bit at the end, basically, when he was asking, "What is this all about?" Mm. So yeah. you know, I know I I can't answer for Cuchulain, but you know, it was a question of, "Well, all my friends are killed. You know, mm. uh, they're all gone. They're, that, they're, that's it. Mm-hmm. And why did I have to do this? Beautiful. And at the same time, I may have to do it again because I'm a warrior. Mm. And that's and these things don't last. Yeah, you know, that's the beautiful thing of actually going into the head of these characters, where you only mm-hmm. get the external actions. Mm-hmm. You get to sometimes actually imagine what's going on in their mind. The the other question I had with you was how you managed to deal with the pre-scaled or the background stories and putting them in without bombarding people with, oh yeah, this happened before and this happened before and this happened before. Mm. Did you find that a bit difficult? I, I did find that difficult, but again, I think I used the same principle, if it is a principle, in other words, what would be important to illustrate the story? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you have to use the dog <laughs> and, mm. uh, and the slitter because Cuchulain has his hurley um, along the way anyway, and that's how he got his name. So that that's part of it as well. And that was, that was the main one, I think, along mm. the way. And some of the other ones about the debilitation of the Ulstermen, well, that kind of had to be put in because it explained why they were all kind of knocked out. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, the other ones were not that important. So mm-hmm. I think that was it. And yeah. I presume that they were not in whatever the first telling of the story was. I presume that somebody came along and said, well, hang on a minute. How come all these people are kind of debilitated? Why, what is wrong with them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Which how come? you got to explain it. Yeah. you got to go back and explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah absolutely. So I think that's what absolutely. it was. Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Well, listen, I'd love to hear the ne- this next piece because... Um, yeah, it's always something. This is Cuchulain, and again, we were talking about the hero, and he is the hero who, before he goes into battle, seems to. Um, it sounds like people before a hurling match or a football match where they're kind of riled up mm. in the dressing room by some mad, um, you know, <laughs> manager. Managed by the store. I was about to mention somebody, but I decided I wouldn't. <laughs> and we're going to bang on the table and break into hurling and dropping teas on the floor. And yeah, it's a yeah. bit like that. And, and, and roiling, roiling people up. And that Davey does happen. Fitz, no jumps to mind, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, funny, I, 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 thought, I think I thought of him as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that was an ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't sue you. So I think we have to imagine Coo Holland like that. But of course, it's much exaggerated because... Um, well, he is Cuchulain and he has to go into this. And it's a wonderful piece of invention. What yeah. I mean, when you read any of the originals or, the, or the, the genuine translations, as a piece of writing, it's fantastic, you know? And, and the grotesquery of it. And this, yes. this is the grotesquery, is which is like so much that is normal enough, like the battles and some of it is normal enough, like Maven Allen, that's normal enough. And this is mad stuff. So this is Cuchulain's warp spasm. Then he put on his magic cloak, which made him invisible. It was a gift given to him by his father from the other world. He was nearly ready. But first, the battle rage came over him. He changed appearance like a monster possessed. First of all, 
Every slice and sliver of him began to quiver and to shake. The skin of his body turned inside out. His feet and his shins twisted around and pointed backwards. His heels and his calves faced to the front. The veins in his neck looked like ropes that swelled up full of venom. His face became like a boiling pot of fiery liquid. One eye got sucked deep into his head. The other dangled down upon his cheek. His cheeks flaked back so you could see his guts flapping in his gullet. His palates clattered like stones hammering one another. Bubbles of white spit steamed in his mouth. His heart whanged against his ribs. His hair rose up in wiry spikes as sharp as spears, and a spout of dark blood geezered up from the top of his head, making a mist above him, while he urged his charioteer to get ready for the assault. Oh. And after that, he's ready, and he goes into battle and Terrifying. kills a oh, tills a whole lot of them. So, Terrifying. And that's you know, right after the boys' group, is it? That's it, it, um, I think it is just before yeah, he goes yeah, into attack yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. there's that beautiful description of the they, the women see him up on top of the hill. And they yeah, can't there's believe. a there's a nice little yeah. bit about the women looking at him and seeing this beautiful youth, and then looking yeah. at the monster in the chariot yeah. and going, yeah. "It can't be the same person." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. Yeah. So, what was the who was the green guy who used to change to the, the Hulk? I always yeah. The, 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 the Hulk, Hulk is just Hulk that. Was, yeah. yeah. I was talking to kids recently, um, uh, in sixth class or fifth class, and I mentioned the Incredible Hulk. It meant nothing. Yeah. Really? Them, see these things. Time. Time changes, you think what we remember, but um, but that's it. Well, listen, Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I really enjoyed having a great chat. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to our last podcast, listen to the last one to hear lots more of Alan's thoughts on on mythology, folklore, stories, and and life lessons. More of this conversation. Um, This book is in shops somewhere, Little Island. uh, We are going to find out exactly where it is easiest for you to purchase it, and we are going to put a link in the show notes. Yes. That's what we'll do. So that the Tawn, um, the Great Irish Epic, written by Alan Titley and illustrated by Owen Coveney, uh, and it'll be in books. And I, I it will be highly recommend everyone go and get it. Go and get and, it. Uh, well, like go ahead and get it. I think it's you know if people often ask us what's a good starting point as well. So Jesus, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say you know only get that for for younger people. I think if you are interested mm. in, in a starting point. For Irish myth, I think that you could do a lot. You could do a lot worse. I think there'll be a very nice place to start. I happen to agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking. Shocking. Thanks a million for coming on. You're more than welcome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Brilliant.